right here on 105.9 The Region. Thank you very much for joining us. And today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money? That's wealth esteem. We hope you are enjoying the long weekend. I'm hosting uh, the family tomorrow for lunch, as long as my renovations are finished. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm, Well, well, they better be finished. They better be. That's all I can say. Now, coming up on what she said today, we're going to be talking about some of the barriers that prevent some students in low-income communities from choosing careers in STEM. And that, of course, is science, technology, engineering, and math. Mm-hmm. We will be joined by Dr. Eugenia Duodu, who's the Chief Executive Officer at the Visions of Science Network for Learning. Now, that's a charitable organization that aims to provide youth from low-income communities meaningful engagement in STEM. After years of hiding quietly on the back shelves of obscure bookstores, poetry is actually becoming fashionable again, especially with young people. But for many, it was never out of fashion. Marion Fraser is a GTA mom, a former English teacher, and a poet who is about to launch a collection of poetry called As I Was Saying, and she says it aims to challenge poetic stereotypes. Film critic Anne Brody uh, will be here for Saturday night at the movies, and she also has an interview with the filmmakers of The Grizzlies. It's out now, and it's based on the real-life story of a group of Inuit students whose lives are transformed when they are introduced to the sport of lacrosse. It's a very cool film. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you know that there are 1.3 million independent sales consultants in Canada and 82% of them are women? We'll be talking to two members from USANA Health Sciences about why it's something you may want to look into if you're looking to be your own boss. And you'll want to stick around because closing out the show today in our live studio sessions, we have Canadian hip-hop artist and motivational speaker Dwayne Gibson. Now, he is going to be performing Made It From The Six, but he is, uh, the other thing that we're going to talk to him about is he holds the Guinness World Record for longest freestyle rap. Um, I don't think I could keep talking for Eight hours and 45 minutes, which is how long he freestyled for. You yeah, I might that? be able to. <laughs> <laughs> no, not rap. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk and visit our website at whatshesaidtalk.com, where you can watch all kinds of videos, read blogs, and download our Apple podcast. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Meridian's three-year Escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. What she said. 
She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Dr. Eugenia Duodu, the Chief Executive Officer of the Visions of Science Network for Learning. Now, that's a charitable organization that aims to provide youth from low-income communities meaningful engagement in STEM. And as you've heard many times here before, that is, of course, science, technology, engineering, and math. So welcome to What She Said. Oh, thank you for having me. (laughs) So why don't you start out by telling us what problem Visions of Science is aiming to solve? Well, we're really trying to provide barrier-free access uh, to STEM learning and engagement. Um, Youth from low-income communities usually experience barriers that are structural or psychological to being able to engage in the STEM field. And um, it's known that these barriers can actually prevent them from being able to progress. Um, So we want to be able to kind of provide free and consistent programming um, that works alongside with what they would be learning in school, but to increase awareness um, and to increase access to this type of stuff. What kind of structural barriers are we talking about? Because we have talked to so many Mm -hmm. um, experts who say, you know, girls. Mm-hmm. There are barriers for girls. Yes. There are barriers for all kids. Yeah. So what is it specifically mm-hmm. about these children mm-hmm. that concerns you? So one main concern is a lot of people overlook uh, the financial aspect to STEM learning, whether it be making sure that you are engaged in enriched programming, which can also come at a cost. So some of these STEM camps, um, whatever the case might be, financially, obviously, that's a barrier. Also, uh, there's been kind of this historical... I would say lack of programming that's targeted specifically towards STEM in these communities. So there is also kind of an awareness barrier that is consistent with other um, groups of youth, but I believe is augmented for youth from low-income communities um, simply because of just the lack of access to these youth, uh, whether it be in the school system um, and whatever the like. So there, there. There are financial barriers, um, but even access and awareness also kind of are. So why aren't they getting this at at school? Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) I mean, that's a bigger, larger issue. Uh, Not all schools are alike. Not all schools have the same resources. And um, not all schools have uh, the same expertise in terms of uh, STEM learning from teachers. So really to level the playing field, uh, we're trying to make sure that the areas in which, not to assume that only low-income areas have this issue, um, but where there are issues in terms of being able to access enriched programming or enriched equipment, Mm -hmm. we can kind of be that bridge for the time being. So how do you do it? So um, we have several programs across 24 different low-income communities across Mm -hmm. the greater Toronto area. And really, uh, we have a community STEM clubs program. So it's bringing STEM learning to the community. So just like you would go to a basketball camp, just like you would go to an arts camp, you get to go to a STEM camp and engage in... um, 
workshops every single Saturday from October to April. And this is geared towards youth uh, from grades three to eight. And then these youth, as they're able to be consistently engaged throughout the years, not even just the weeks, throughout the years, they're able to kind of transition into a youth-based program that we have called the STEM Community Leaders, which I believe is really uh, the revolutionary form of what we're trying to do. It's essentially taking these youth who have been inspired and engaged in STEM and now helping them kind of see themselves as leaders in their communities and also teachers in their communities. This sounds a bit like, like you. Your story. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, because you didn't see yourself no. as you a... You grew up in a low-income neighborhood. I did. And you had a thirst for science. I did. But you didn't think you fit the image yeah. of a scientist. Yeah. You look pretty cool to me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, tell us about your life a little bit. I think um, it's so funny because... Everything that I've said has always been it was this secret, dark passion that I had that I never wanted to let, let out. A passion for science. Exactly. Ooh, Ooh you naughty girl. I know, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it I was to so... ground you for that. <laughs> I know. Um, and it was so weird. Uh, now looking back, it's obviously funny, but it was so serious when I was younger. I was so interested in science, but the constant narrative was, oh, it's boring. It's too hard. Uh, you shouldn't do that. And I really took that on. And that was also augmented by the fact that I really didn't see myself represented as a black woman in textbooks, in any sort of mm -hmm. uh, pop culture at the time. Uh, so I was, that's just, I didn't resonate with uh, any science figures that I was seeing. Um, and then it really wasn't until I started to be engaged that I started to say, hmm, Maybe I could do this too. And it really started to change my life and my project trajectory really rapidly. I'd say, because you went on to complete a PhD in yes. chemistry. Yes. And then in 2011, you began volunteering yes. with Visions of Science. Yes, I did. What was it that made you want to get involved with the group? So I had worked uh, with Toronto Community Housing for a number of years, uh, the corporation that I grew up in. I grew up in one of the TCHC communities. And um, so I had done a lot of work there. In my community work, I saw that there are a lot of great programs, but there weren't many that were geared towards STEM, which was what I was studying, which was what I was passionate about. And I started to feel those same feelings every time I would talk to youth and tell them what I was doing. They'd be like, ah, that's so hard. And I'm like, no, you can do this too. This is possible for you if you want. So really trying to see organizations that aligned with that. And I think one day as I was invigilating an exam at U of T, I Googled science community Toronto and I found visions of science. And that's kind of where it started. So what was the, what was the situation like when you started mm -hmm. there? So the organization, um, it was founded by a man named Francis Jeffers. Awesome, awesome organization to that point. And really our initial conversation was, uh, how can we expand further into these communities? Mm -hmm. I had an intimate knowledge of what was going on in the community, and I also had an intimate knowledge on how to scale mm -hmm. um, in the way that I thought could be possible. So he really trusted me. And he was transitioning out of the leadership position as well, so it kind of was this weird, perfect timing where I could just come in and see what was could meant happen. to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how's it changed? Oh, man. So... 
when I came on, there were many changes up to when I came on. But when I first started, we were in about six, six communities, six to eight communities. Um, and we just had the community STEM clubs program. Now, as I told you, we're in 24 and we not only service youth from grades three to eight, but uh, right up until grade 12 high school. And now we have in-school enrichment programs, outreach programs. So we've ballooned from one program to four, six communities to 24. It's been a lot of change. So <laughs> there's, what, what, 24 program locations or 25 program locations? 24 in communities. In, across the GTA? Yes. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. So what more needs to be done? Oh, where do I start? I think it's very... (laughs) um, What I've found is, what we've found as an organization is the more and more you engage these kids, the more they want to, the more hungry they become and the more passionate they become about this. So obviously, resources-wise, needs to there needs to be a consistent flow of resources, but there also needs to be this ever-present awareness that this isn't a fad, this isn't going away. Uh, We need to really take this seriously. And it's just not about doing something that's nice. You know, this is necessary for our economy, for our livelihood, uh, especially where we're going as a society. We need more people who uh, can think in many different ways, but especially uh, think along the lines of STEM and be able to think critically, explore the world around them and understand the world around them. So I think a lot more advocacy, a lot more resources, and um, a lot more resources pointed in a critical way. So who is being left out? Who might not have access to this incredible opportunity? So that as we're building, we're building in a way that's equitable. Mm-hmm. So how can people get involved um, yes. to help the organization? Mm-hmm. There are many ways. Uh, we have, obviously, we have our, uh, there, there are ways to donate to our charity to make sure that we can continue to mm-hmm. have a livelihood. But also uh, with sharing our ideas, with keeping the advocacy piece of what we're doing and trying to bring voice to our communities alive, and also volunteering engaging in that way and promoting the work that we do within communities and also supporting the youth uh, in whether it be our youth represent many different schools, many different communities. So making sure they're supported. So and how do people find out about the programs and connect with them? They just go to your website? Yes, if you go to our website. Tell tell everyone what it is. www.vosnl.org. So it's visionsofsciencenetworklearning.org. Org. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Dr. Eugenia Duodu, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank and thank you. you for doing what you do. Thank you. What she said. What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good to grow high interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand-new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. 
all your delicious brunch favorites plus signature cocktails every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it. You'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch Sundays at Draco. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, after years of hiding quietly on the back shelves of obscure bookstores, poetry is becoming fashionable again, especially with young people. But for many, like our next guest, it was never out of fashion. (laughs) Joining us now is Marion Fraser. She's a GTA mom, former English teacher and poet, who is about to launch a collection of poetry called As I Was Saying. Welcome to what she said. Thank you. Now, although some of your poems have appeared in anthology... Uh, anthologies, as I was saying, is your first collection, and you say it aims to challenge poetic stereotypes. What are those stereotypes? Those who have fear of poetry suspect that it's elitist, Mm -hmm. obscure, often rambling, subjective, um, and just not for the general audience, pretty heavy going. But but we have poet laureates, so I mean society, you know, believes in poetry, thinks poetry is wonderful. So where do you think the disconnect is on that elitist level that you were were talking about? Where we're talking about society and society that awards laureates, uh, we we tend to be talking perhaps about the kind of society that most people won't meet every day. Mm-hmm. The kind of person that I hope to contact through my poetry <laughs> is the kind of person that you would meet every day. What about young people? Um, as a teacher, um, I, mean, I, I know that when I was, <laughs> you know, when I, I, ma- I, didn't ma- I majored in languages in university, but poetry was kind of like, ugh, you know, uh, I'd much rather read a book, and I'm not sure why that is. Or hopefully was. you'd like to read a book of poetry. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I find actually increasingly it's young people who are buying the poetry books and also putting out the poetry. While I was considering how I would do this mm-hmm. and thinking about the project, um, I became the poet evangelist so that I think uh, I... I tongue-in-cheek say I am. And uh, I would stop people, friends, and force poems on them. <laughs> and I, was, I, I would look at people of all ages, mm-hmm. uh, and certainly both genders, and, and as many interests as I could possibly get hold of. And it became a game. I wanted to find a poem for them. Well, this is this is funny that you said that because you were introduced to us by Ann Brody, our entertainment critic, and she saw a poem of yours on the phone. So were you forcing poetry on Ann? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm just wondering about with, with the young people aspect. Um, I remember with my children are in their 20s now, but 
when rap first started and they started getting into rap and I, I would listen to it to try to like sort of, you know, be concerned about like lyrics and things like that. But I was thinking to myself, this is poetry. This is what this is. So do you think that's the connection now? Absolutely. And in fact, I live with a rapper. Uh, my rapper son, who inspired a lot of my poems, is now 23 and works out of Ryerson, has a sound engineering degree, and, uh, and does in fact put out a lot of his own raps. Uh, at one point, when he was still in high school, he taught a rap class. And he was encouraged to do so by his English teachers, who felt that it encouraged a facility with language. Mm -hmm. uh, also helped, um, especially students who have difficulty expressing themselves, get over that difficulty and speak more easily. And certainly, uh, I, I think there was a bit of a disconnect. When you say poetry to a 16-year-old, he or she won't immediately think of rap. Mm -hmm. And yet, of course, that's totally what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, poetry is popular at all levels now. So when you say he was an influence, so when we ask you to describe your poetic style, is the answer going to be rap? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, although uh, certainly I respect what rappers are doing now, and I find that it's a, in a process of transformation and flux, and, and I think that's really exciting. But um, my, my way of coming to poetry was lengthy, and I wrote a lot of bad poetry poetry in my time, and I recognize it perfectly as bad. But uh, around the time my son was four, I happened to be cuddling him one day, and uh, a, poet, a poem just started forming itself in my head around the moment. It's, uh, the language that I use tends to be familiar language. I like concise Never language. use a long word when a short word will do? Kind oh, not at all. I'll, I'll use a four or five syllable word if oh, that's what okay. we'll do. If that's what uh, we'll do. But it needs, to, it needs to fit the context. It mustn't be self-indulgent. And it, uh, it needs to flow with the rhythm of, of natural speech. speech. So what are some of the topics that you cover in your poetry? Well, um, the book that I'm putting out is divided into about ten parts. And uh, each of the parts has a focus. Um, there is a collection called Being a Parent. There is a collection called All in the Family. Uh, there is a section called Politics. There is a section called Things That Go Bump in the Night. The, the poems don't fit all in one drawer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but where they do show a clear relationship is stylistically. I'd say my voice is what holds them together. And for me as well, there's always an audience. There's always a person that I'm... Generally, my audience is very small. Um, my book shows two coffee cups on the cover, and that tends to be how... I like to think my poet, my poetry communicates as one person to another mm -hmm. in a friendly chat that can go anywhere. Is there something in there for everyone, though? I hope so. 
Uh, so far, I haven't found anyone that I can't find a poem for. It's a challenge. It's a game. But uh, I love to find a poem that I feel will resonate with a person. Now, you decided to self-publish. How did you come to that decision? Well, I had published in anthologies elsewhere. Um, and you know, gradually the poems were accumulating in my bottom drawer. <laughs> um, I had an agent for a bit who found me publishers who would be happy to take my poems. But generally, that came with a whole package of directions. Um, publishers would say, well, we just want the poems that clearly relate most to a female audience. Or we just want the poems uh, that show a political connection. Or we just want the ghost poems. And I wanted to publish them all. Was it a difficult process? Self-publication turned out to be an extremely easy process, a lengthy process. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, it was a process that involved a lot of waiting in a lot of cases. So there would be nothing, nothing, nothing happening, everything happening. <laughs> Hurry up and wait. <laughs> so what do you hope people take away from reading your book? I hope a clear connection with a voice that they can identify with, with experiences that they can identify with, that resonate for them warmly, mm -hmm. for themselves. And is there a volume two on the way? <laughs> she has to check her bottom drawer. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're starting to accumulate back in there, but, uh, but I, I don't anticipate at the moment a volume two. Okay. Now, as I was saying, launches on May 10th at Ben McNally Books in Toronto and most online bookstores. Where can people connect with you to learn more? I have a website. Uh, just uh, My website is quite easy to find if you can spell my name. And the trick is that you have to be able to spell my name. Um, but I spell my name M-A-R-I-O-N, surname F-R-A-Z-E-R. Uh, my website is just marionfraser.com. Uh, well, that that's great. And we will put up a, a link and a link to the book um, when it's ready to go for you all across our social media. So good luck with this. And thank you for um, teaching us a little bit about poetry. <laughs> well, thank you. And I would love to respond to the challenge and find a poem for each of you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year Escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Have you met my friend Alfred? 
he's revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You know, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services is here to help. Wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your items with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code What She Said. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest, and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. And it is time now for Saturday Night at the Movies with our film critic Anne Brody. And Anne, this weekend, Robert Pattinson is a father in a space capsule. And there's a big division between what critics think about this film, which is called High Life. <laughs> well, okay, it's made by French auteur Claire Denis, and I understand she's she, she's a great visual master and and in terms of environment and and the feeling that you get, the atmosphere. But oh my God, it left me so cold. So Pattinson's in space. He is in charge of this mission to explore black holes to look for energy, and his entire crew is death row inmates so they're going to put them to use and then they're going to be heroic after that change everything hey i'm i'm, I'm sensing that nicholas cage prisoner escape film if when they were all on a plane oh <laughs> <laughs> but honest to god i've never it's just like one body fluid after another sometimes stolen there's rape 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 all violence 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 and you're supposed to think, wow, this is this is so chic. It's it's chic Twilight Zone. But no, it's not. I just could not wait for it to end. And I'm sorry, Claire Denis fans. But Juliette like Binoche, I didn't think she oh. did things awful, huh? <laughs> oh. Wow. Okay. Really? Well, I think we and should. And Andre Benjamin. Really? Hey, now. What was this song? Uh, I don't oh. know, Anne, but. Um, <laughs> Let's move on to the Yeah, let's. <laughs> The Grizzlies. I, I watched oh. the interview. It's already up on, online. And what a fabulous uh, cast and a find in that uh, young woman. Yes, yes. 600 local Inuit uh, kids auditioned to be in this film about a, based on a true story written by Graham Yost, who's Elway's son mm-hmm. and who wrote and directed Speed and is a huge Hollywood uh, pedigree. So he's he's come home to do this. Uh, this one-off. So um, the town, the Inuit town, is suffering from an epidemic of suicide. The kids are feeling as though there's nothing for them. They can't get south, which is the dream. So a white teacher is is, uh, posted there, and he decides to create a lacrosse team. And lots of trouble getting it together because the elders don't want the kids going too much into the modern world and Tantu Cardinal's in it. She plays the principal. She thinks it's it's not good logistically. But they do it. And what a change in, in the uh, in the um, community. They find hope again. It's really lovely. It's not sentimental at all. It is real and authentic. But these actors um, are just out of this world. They're just plucked from Never having acted before, and they really bring it home. And also, I'll mention Will Sasso, the American comedian's in it, um, and uh, Boo Boo Stewart from Twi- from the Twilight series. You'll recognize him. So he's he's an American, but everyone else is local. And one third of the crew was was local as well. 
That's great. So now Disney Nature is bringing us penguins in a different form. <laughs> you know, just last night I saw Charlie Chaplin in the Gold Rush, and he he was up north and he had a tuxedo on. I thought he looks just like a penguin. <laughs> but anyway, this follow wonderful, wonderful film. Those Disney Nature films are just. Oh. Everyone should be forced to watch them. <laughs> so Steve is the penguin that the crew follows over the course of a year. So he, he has to go to the, to the sea. He has to build a nest out of rocks. And other penguins keep stealing his rocks, and they have little fights and things. Um, and he meets uh, Adeline, and they have two babies. And it, it follows them over time. And there's a funny, funny scene. He gets lost a lot. He's kind of he's kind of dopey a little bit, and um, he mistakenly joins an empire penguin group when he's lost. <laughs> and one of these baby fuzzy baby empire penguins slaps him like this <laughs> five minutes, <laughs> sends him away. <laughs> but it's just it's just a life affirming warm hug of a film. This sounds good too. Bless this mess. Yes, actually, it, it reminds me of Funny Farm and The Money Pit and Baby Boom, which is about city slickers going to the country and trying to start anew. So this stars Lake Bell, who also produced it, and uh, Dax Shepard. <laughs> he's uh, he's well, he didn't quit his job. He was fired and never told his wife. And she's. Uh, a psychiatrist. So they go out to Nebraska to a farm that they inherited. And um, it's nothing as it appears on the on the postcards and pictures. So they try and they are so ill suited to the country life. They mine it for laughs, of course, but it's kind of sad in a way. And Pam Greer, the awesome Pam Greer, plays the local sheriff. Um, for instance, the first night there, they're stuck on the roof and pouring rain and the roof collapses. You know, I don't find that funny because especially this week. But, uh, yeah, so it's okay. It, it's Again, it's explication. So we'll see how it goes. Okay, let's move down to something I've been waiting for because June 7th is the launch date for season two of Little Big Lies with Meryl Streep. As Mama. Okay. And if you look at the trailer, which is on the site, you'll see she just does. She does this so elegant. She has a little cry, and a tear goes down, and she wipes it across her mouth, and it's just very Meryl, <laughs> very, very theatrical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But cannot wait for that one. All right. She's going to be Mama of. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it. Oh. You can't tell in the trailer. Ooh. Yeah, so I'll report when I see it. There are more movies and TV reviews up now on WhatSheSaidTalk.com. You also sat down, Anne, with the director and producer of The Grizzlies, so let's take a listen. This is not about you. All of us have made sacrifices to be here. We've been dealing with this stuff for years, and we're still here! Okay, so I saw Grizzlies, and I loved it. Yay. I loved it. It's a feel-good <laughs> film, even though it has a, a tragic beginning point. And... Please tell me why this epidemic of, of teen suicide up in the north. Uh, well, that's kind of like a really heavy, <laughs> hard, <laughs> hard to answer. Actually, no, I can't answer in, in a word. It's colonialism. Um, you know, suicide wasn't a common thing at all in our communities before um, settlers came along and um, kind of took control out of people's hands. and made a lot of decisions that were, you know, maybe sometimes good intentions, but as we know, 
the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of damage that came along over the last hundred years. So a, a generational damage of being hurt and abused and, mm -hmm. and disrespected. I see that. So uh, this lacrosse story is, is true, right? It happened. A teacher went up there, got everyone together as best he could to, to play lacrosse, and it gave the community new meaning, new feeling. Honestly, I'd heard about that, but to see it and to see the kids change and, and want to participate and trust it, you know, it was wonderful. How did the story come to your attention? I first heard about uh, the town of Kukluktuk and the kids there through an ESPN news piece um, that was sent to me. And I was deeply moved by it, just uh, getting a sense of the trauma of the kids in the community and hearing about the high suicide rate in the town. Um, and I was amazed that these kids, despite their challenges were so full of hope and joy and had really built a community and a team through sport. And so um, I just, I think for all of us in the world uh, who face struggles to look at a community that was, was dealing with extreme struggles and were able to find hope and joy um, was really inspirational and I thought was a story worth bringing to the world. Yeah, a feel-good story, mm -hmm. despite the, the, what set it off. Um, you know, and you have actors of all levels of experience. You've got Boo Boo Stewart, who's mm -hmm. got a long resume. You've got Paul, uh, who's got a few, and Emerald, who has virtually nothing. So what was that Absolutely like nothing. <laughs> this okay. was her very first film. <laughs> How exciting. My goodness. Yeah. The cast is amazing, and we did a huge search all over the Arctic Circle. We auditioned over 600 kids in 25 communities. We brought 60 to the Eastern Arctic and trained them in acting and improv and uh, found our cast, and they're extraordinary. And I think, you know, our, our, our professional leading experienced actors, um, Ben Schnetzer and Will Sasso, yeah. in the early days of shooting, kept coming to me saying, we got to up our A-game because these kids are so authentic and so real. We're going to look bad if we're not really good. Um, so it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And all of them have done a fantastic job. You know, and it's great. I just interviewed Tantu. She was just so thrilled. But it's not exactly a good guy in the film. I mean, I understand Well, I think she reasons. also, I think she, it's really important to see the perspective of the other side. Here's right. someone that, listen, white people in the north had not been had not been doing a good job or and teachers don't have a great track right. record they right. don't have a great right. track record exactly and yeah. i think you know for her to be protective of of her community is important um yeah, yeah because yeah. you know it, it's um it's interesting because when you have limited resources um and also when you have kids that you don't want to disappoint and let you know uh, get their hopes up and then disappoint them um, it, she's kind of feels like a bad guy in the beginning, but I think in the end, you know what her, where her heart is, yeah. and a lot of they teachers can. have come up north, come and gone, come and gone over and over again. Tried to start sports programs that didn't make the difference that this uh, particular team did, and I think a huge factor in that is that um, the real Ross really 
let go of control over the situation. He let the kids take on and organize for themselves. He helped them learn those skills. And that was a huge, hugely important thing uh, in that program. It wasn't just a sports team. It, it was a community that got together, learned how to organize and really um, fight for themselves. And that means uh, sometimes as the, as the uh, one coming in and starting a pro program like that is knowing when to step back and let other people take the reins. Yes, you're right. Plus, they allowed a girl on the team. There were actually several girls, um, but of course, in a film, you have to yeah. uh, narrow down your main characters. So, yeah. So, like so it. the spring character is actually an amalgamation of a, a, few, a few different ladies. Great! I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies, and best of luck with the film. Thank, Thank you. you. A total delight. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Fear of missing out? FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena. Who knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. Yeah. It is phenomenal. OMG. OMG. <laughs> Join What She Said Weekends and find out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Surveys show most people choose direct selling because it's flexible. You get to be your own boss, you set your own hours. So joining us now to talk more about the benefits of direct selling is Alison Savard, the manager of Canadian sales at USANA Health Sciences, and Elisa Grazzi, a diamond director and a new Million Dollar Club member who's been with USANA for eight years. Welcome to what she said. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. So first of all, for people who may not know, tell us exactly what USANA is, does, is all about. USANA is a direct selling model um, that produces uh, the highest quality, highest standard nutritional supplements, healthy living products, and skincare products. So Elisa, what made you want to get involved? Well, it's interesting. Kate touched on it a little bit. Uh, about eight years ago, I had become a new mom, had gone back to work. I used to be a full-time dental hygienist. Um, and what I was really searching for was more congruency in my life. I wanted to feel a little more aligned with my value system, which meant more flexibility, more mm -hmm. independence. I also wanted to prioritize my health. Um, I had recently, um, at that time, faced some challenges, and it really became a focus for me. So USANA really was a, a little uh, answer to my prayers at that time. So tell us how it was an answer to your prayers in terms of how it impacted your life. Well, like I said, so what I was really deeply searching for was to live uh, more in harmony with my value system. So what I wanted to do was prioritize my health and get more control of my time. So uh, an answer to my prayers really was that I 
I noticed that if I didn't start to look at a plan that would allow me to um, kind of, I could say, harmonize my health and wealth creation plan, I knew that I was just on a path to further setbacks and challenges with my health and my finances. So I started to do some homework and I realized that this would be the perfect opportunity for me to, on a flexible part-time basis, start sort of like a side project, a business that would allow me to still work my full-time job and find a way to transition so that within a year or two, which was my exact situation, within about a year and a half, I was able to then work more so part-time as a dental hygienist and transition into um, uh, working my business more full-time, which allowed me to be more in the driver's seat of my lifestyle. So it was really about monetizing my lifestyle and finding um, a platform that allowed me to live my passions and uh, align my value system. Well, Allison, you've worked in sales for 15 years, the last Mm -hmm. five in direct selling. What made you make the switch to the direct selling industry? I find the direct selling industry, because people really are uh, their own business owners, they're true entrepreneurs, coaching people and working with people who have um, such strong values and work ethics and mindsets is really empowering. It's empowering for them, but it's also empowering for us. It's very, um, it really fills your cup, I guess, if you will, um, to work with people who just want to excel and live life by their own design. So what is maybe the number one piece of advice you would give to people who are contemplating making that switch? Well, I think the number one question is, is, you know, for most of us, we're, we're tired of sort of chasing life. So if you're in that place of your life and you're looking to find a more sort of authentic approach to finding that not even balance, but more so alignment, this would probably be the perfect opportunity for you to continue uh, doing what you're doing, but then find sort of a side strategy that allows you to... The side hustle, isn't that what they call it now? and it's funny. You know what? That word is so popular today, but really what we're trying to get out of is the hustle. Yeah. And is that grind and is the adrenal fatigue and is the burnout, right? So for me, this was that exact platform. And again, this is something that many people do as a side project, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, as not just an exit strategy, but for some, it's more so just to find more fulfillment Mm -hmm. or to be among an amazing community of like-minded people who truly value their health or want to continue to evolve and grow to new heights. Um, So there's so many benefits that you can tap into that at the surface level, you don't really notice in the beginning. You know, you've got to sort of get your feet wet and then you start to really see the bigger picture. So question. The word selling. Mm -hmm. Many of us, if you say to us, would you like a selling job? Like for Kate and I, (laughs) it would be, oh, oh, I don't don't think. Well, we've been approached for different things. For different things. Some of it was multi-level marketing. (laughs) We know that direct selling is different than that. But it's like, do we want to get, do we want to do that? But but also, we don't don't think we have that. You're not a salesperson. We're not salespeople. Not realizing, Mm -hmm. of course, that we are in fact selling, but <laughs> exactly. we're just not selling nuts and bolts. We're selling right. stories. Yes. I say. like the word education better than selling because that's really what we're doing. Right. We're empowering people to make decisions regarding their health, their lifestyle, um, their income, their family time. And we're educating people, of course, um, in terms of supplements and the healthcare products and the skincare products to make educated decisions on what's best for them. 
And if I can just add, what mm-hmm. I love so much about this industry is that most people who get behind something and represent uh, or, or partner, it's truly because they've had some form of their own shift, whether it's health, whether it's results, whether it's whatever it may be. Um, I think what I love about that is the integrity piece around that it means that you're truly not just selling, you're sharing something you believe in. And it doesn't matter if it's a radio show I love. Um, like what she said. Oh, right. oh nice plug. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's an awesome brand that you like to rock and wear, whether that's, um, you know, Nike or if you like Apple. I mean, every every one of us kind of promotes in ways well, and shares in ways. Well, let's stop you there. Why did you pick USANA? Well, for me, that was the big thing is I started with my health, right? I saw mm-hmm. a massive shift in my health. I think a lot of women, and not to leave the men out, I'm sure many men can relate to this, but a lot of women today are dealing with that burnout. We're dealing with the, you know, the chronic fatigue and feeling the adrenal sort of um, exhaustion. And as a result of that, you know, for me, it was more than that. I had a lot of joint pain, I had mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of inflammation. But why that company? Um, well, I started to do some research. Uh-huh. And what I realized was, not all supplements are created equally. And as I started to dig deeper, I realized that the standards in North America really aren't where they need to be. And why USANA stood out to me at such a high level and such a different level was that they were the only nutritional company that I found met specific standards and had a registered facility with Health Canada. Um, So they really have upped the bar. And it is rare to see this. And um, I think for consumers, many of us aren't aware and we don't know what questions to ask when it comes to investing in our health. So I wish we had time to really dive into those top five questions to ask because there are tons of consumers today in the health mm-hmm. and wellness world, right? And they really don't know what to look for. And for that very reason, a lot of times the results don't show up or the products fall short. So can I just quickly ask, for if for someone interested in USANA yes. products, they would buy it from a direct seller as opposed to yes, a store. Exactly. We're oh, so that means it's dropped off at their house. Directly. Oh, house. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like right. Amazon. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I mean. It's that's, convenient. It's the it's online convenient. consumer, right? So, that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Allison, tell, mm-hmm. tell us what the most popular products, the, the best sellers are? In oh, we have, we have a lot of core products. Um, I would say our Cell Essentials is probably the heart and soul cell of what Essentials. Yes, okay. Cell Essentials. It is, um, a couple of years ago, we launched a patent-pending technology called Insulligence. And in Insulligence, um, it has the ability to nourish your cells so that your cells really perform at an optimum level. We can kind of think of it as communicating with your cells so that they can be the best that they can be. And this is really key, of course, in healthy living and with um, anti-aging. And I mean, if you think about it, everything is a cell. So this is a really unique technology to USANA. And many of USANA's products contain that technology. That is awesome. And what products do you find do do best for you? Well, like I said, inflammation was one of my key things. So mm-hmm. I have uh, two favorites around that. One is called Percosa, very, very unique form of a highly absorbable form of turmeric and a vegan glucosamine. So if you know anyone out there struggling with joint pain, inflammation, um, chronic uh, pain of any sort, this would be a great go-to. Also, proflavanol. Now, we call this kind of the goddess vitamin. I know that sounds cliche, but it is a combination of grapeseed extract and vitamin C, so your most sort of powerful antioxidant combo. So when we talk about circulation, glowing skin, anti-aging, cardiovascular health, I mean, so many benefits to our proflavanol. 
kind of quickly want to hear a little bit about skincare line because oh, I do love skincare stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Celaviv contains the intelligence technology that I was talking about, um, but really what its big strength is is on hydrating the skin because hydration, of course, is key to everything. Mm-hmm. It has um, a range of products for oily, dry skin, cleansers, toners, uh, day uh, lotions and creams with sunscreen, of course, night care products, skincare, and we just launched a new mask, mm-hmm. and it is a complete system for all ages, all ranges all skincare ranges it is a one-stop shop okay so how do, how can people get involved if they want to become an, an associate is that what you're mm-hmm. an associate mm-hmm. of course you can always head over to our website at usana.com and we have actually if someone wants to become a promotion we have or sorry if somebody wants to become an associate we have a promotion on until the 26 where if they uh, sign up as an associate they get a free gift mm-hmm. okay so that is you S-A-N-A.com. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, very interesting. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Great. Thank so you. It's been a pleasure and a gift to be here. Thank you. Thank you. What She Said. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code What She Said. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Never listen when they said my peers were competition. Had no time for dissing. I was sticking to my vision. Trying to find my niche in like a cook up in the kitchen. Now my recipes are fitting like the key in the admission. Plan was to define. Now I'm standing with the giants. Even made the naysayers say yes, like Daniel Bryan. Nothing random can happen whenever you applying pressure to the fullest. Cause I'm not a fan of trying. I do. You could tell it's in the name. D.O. Well. It's the way to acquaintances to try to sound official. I'll explain, doesn't sound right like foreigners trying to speak slang. Man, bars been hard like bubble gum and baseball cards. I never back down or take that charge. Two people you never see me with, fakes or frauds. Doesn't matter what they say that cost. I paid it off, whether we talking dudes or hard work. You can save all the Hail Marys, I want the yard first. Uh-huh. Cause it's a game of inches See many change of pivots Like they all became a critic Hold up, wait a minute And I'm not trying to hate Cause it's okay to feel it I might be in a club Turning up, getting down and spill it But long as it's the second Cause in this game When it's all said and done I'm trying to leave a red wine stain Come on, cuz You know how I does Come on, cuz 
You know how I does, come on, cuz. 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 You know how I does. studio is Canadian hip-hop artist Dwayne Gibson, also known as D.O., whose eighth studio album, Second Home, comes out on April 26th. Welcome to what she said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Glad to be here. <laughs> now, you're also a record label executive and a mo- motivational speaker, so tell us about the inspiration behind this album. For me, it's really about talking about going to different places and traveling. That's one of the things I enjoy as being a performer. And I worked with a producer from the Netherlands. And I travel to the Netherlands pretty often. I'm going there in a few weeks to perform at a a major international hip-hop conference and festival. So the Netherlands has become one of my second homes. But I just got back from British Columbia and touring schools there for two weeks. I'm going there next week as well. So British Columbia has become my second home. And just my story is that I grew up all over Ontario. My family's from Saskatchewan and Nova Scotia. So... A lot of places have become my second home. I don't call them my third or fourth home but they're, because they're close to me. So yeah. they're my second home. So where exactly physically were you when you won the Guinness World Record for the longest freestyle rap, which lasted, listen to this, eight hours and 45 minutes? Yeah, don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> we don't have but, time. Uh, yeah, we don't yeah. have time. No. I know. I know. But um, I did it in Markham, Ontario at a car oh. show. So it was cool that it was at a car show because the steady stream of people coming in and out would write down different topics because that's the key with freestyle and you want to make sure it's authentic by really involving the crowd so they would write different things on a board and it'd be up to me to just come up with something right that, on the spot. That's a talent all on its own. Now, would you ever try to break that record? I never. I never <laughs> do it again. No, 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 no? Well, for me, it was one thing to break into the game and I compare it to, um, I'm a big basketball fan and in basketball, you have the slam dunk competition. Mm-hmm. And you go in the slam dunk competition generally in the beginning of your career, um, but then you you don't really kind of go back to it. (laughs) So um, freestyling for me is a fun skill, but what I really, um, I'm really about songwriting. And so I did that 16 years ago now. So to me, it's it's about building songs, but I love freestyling. It's what I do every day at a school show, and um, I just like keeping it fresh. Well, I want to hear about that that school show, the school tours that you're yeah. on right now. As I understand it, each show is a one-hour assembly. Yeah. It combines speaking with live performances. So tell us what the main message that you're trying to convey with your music and motivational speaking to the students. I do three shows. One is about anti-bullying, one is about leadership, and one is about Canadian black history. But I think the shows all relate to a common theme. D.O. stands for defy the odds. So I talk about overcoming obstacles and overcoming challenges. But I also say you have to stay driven, which is the name of the the program, the umbrella of it. And so stay driven to me is about persistence and perseverance. So I think that applies when you're going through dealing with bullies. But it also applies to being a leader. And I talk about role models, and that's how I relate it back to Canadian black history. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of role models, and my family has been in Canada for generations. So um, I speak a lot about looking up to people and how that pays your way. Well, that, that's awesome. So how can people connect with you online and get the new album? 
I am D.O. Gibson. So that's the best way to find me. I am D.O. Gibson on Twitter. I am D.O. Gibson on YouTube. And I am D.O. Gibson on Instagram. And Dwayne Gibson is going to be uh, right here performing us right after we say uh, that is it for what she said. We will be back again next Saturday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. And taking us out now, here is Dwayne Gibson performing Made It From The Six. Yeah. Uh-huh. We came up on that north side Back when you didn't say that Cause if you said where you came from Meant that they wouldn't play that Wrong side of the train tracks This before when Drake rap Ran when he was Jimmy We was getting busy Feel like yesterday Let me take y'all way back I was out on the west end Hanging out with my brethren Setting all the fence We were getting in No one paid attention Downtown was the hot spot Club land made the block hot Out of town is Camp Carroll Band of time That's when shots will pop off Trying to get on Rap City But the industry moving shifty I seen so many throw in the towel With talent like that or pity But that's why they call it the screw face We fought our way through hate From a city didn't know about winning Since the Blue Jays Now the Crusade made it from the six Uh-huh Made it from the north side we made it from the six. We made it from the north side. Uh-huh. Yeah. Always on that grizzy. And now look how we made history. Everyone had the purple jersey when Carter doing 360s. I pick up cuts by Jane Strip. Then drive to Oakwood and St. Clair. Hit up Albus for jerk chicken and Dutch dreams took days then. Every day out to Kennedy Road. Know the city so thorough. I lay my bars down in Scartown. Much love to the bar. Riding across the 41. Couldn't wait till tomorrow come. Cause I'm from a place where you do great. You put on a show and no one will come. But you couldn't say that we did it. Went on in Nathan Phillips. From Dundas Square, the whole city there. You can ask, they say we killed it. Set records, eight hours. No luck, made hours. Sometimes can't help but look up to the tower. Made it from the six. Uh huh. We made it from the north side. We made it from the six. We made it from the north side. Yeah. We was just some kids with some big dreams, lacing up the heat with some sixteens. Up against the wall, couldn't break us. The city made us. Yeah, I said We was just some kids with some big dreams That were lacing up that heat with some 16s Up against the wall but couldn't break us The city made us We made it from the 6 Made it from the north side We made it from the 6 we made it from the north side We made it from the six We made it from the north side We made it from the six Made it from the north side Don't you know we made it from the six? Oh yeah
What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.